0: The Rigor Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Dershebski for East Coast Bias sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for monday night football then on tuesday we got the roster diamond show where i'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world plus the east coast bias boys will be back on thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the nfl action and then on fridays it's me back with warren sharp deep diving into the analytics so be sure to subscribe on spotify or wherever you get your podcast hear that what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of off guard i am your host also rivers along with my co-host pasha gigi hope everybody's new year's went solid and in, in, in christmas time um we are back or actually we did an episode after christmas i believe yeah we did, we did look at the us, christmas, yeah. the christmas well, once the holidays come we everything kind of just blends together it seems but uh yeah hope everybody new year's went solid and uh here we are new week now this, this is a tough week man people have been drinking and Hanging out and yeah. family time. You know then,
1: how you have the Sunday Scaries? I think this whole week is yeah, the oh, Sunday yeah. Scaries. This, sure. Yeah, this whole
0: week is like everyone like getting back to the norm. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, 2024, here we are. To our best year yet, right? Do we,
1: yeah. Do you want to talk about how
0: we spent New Year's? Your family had a little party? Sure. We can get into that. It was
1: a very nice party. I mean, we're talking like bartenders, catering. My mom, mama,
0: mama Rivers went all out. It yeah. uh, wasn't too packed. It was like, what, like 30, 40 people? It was a very small gathering. I know, but
1: the house is, you know, spoiler alert, the house is big, so when you put 40 people in a big house, it looked more a It felt, felt,
0: felt a little empty in there. But if you put it in a normal-sized house, it's like a jumping party. That's true. I guess, yeah, it's all perspective. I yeah. Guess it but it was good, though. It was all people we knew and friends and family and, um i guess that's all you really want to do at new year's yeah you You know know, when i I see people like partying christmas and like new year's like a bunch of people they don't know like out i'm just like i don't even understand the yeah the merit in that but i guess um you know whatever
1: uh do you have any new year's resolutions i don't think i've asked you no
0: i'm just trying to hold it together (laughs)
1: Just, just, just trying to get through
0: oh man um you know honestly man just 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 trying to uh Just trying to continue to build certain things and um just be solid you know what i mean i I don't really have i'm not a big new year's resolution guy a lot of people are a lot of a lot of people need um a new year to like help them clean slate yeah put a new goal new slate and you know it's however you frame things in your mind is how it'll work so Mm -hmm. you know uh It is what it is. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not a resolution guy. I I don't see the difference between this week and last week. But for some people, it's like it's 2024. I have to, no drinking anymore. You know, yeah. So listen, whatever helps you have create better habits, I'm all for it. Um, But yeah, not one myself, really. I think
1: I'm going to do, I want to learn how to cook. I'm not, I'm the kind of guy I eat, and you know this. I'm going to Cava, I'm going to Chipotle, I'm going to all these places for pretty much every meal. I want to make my own food. I no should more, be able to no do more uh, it. beef and avocado? Or- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I want to get some like, recipes down. You go on Instagram, and there's always on my algorithms, like all these people making food at home and stuff. Yeah. So I would love to learn how to do that. I'm not going to say I'm going to make some Instagram cooking page, but at least add some tools into the toolbox. You know how to make
0: a couple meals. Here. Yeah. 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 I uh, love speaking that.
1: of Chipotle, by the way, did you see Mikel Bridges said that he's had Chipotle every day for the last
0: 10 years? That has to be. I mean, his just digestive system <laughs> has to just be – I, i'm all for chipotle but my god it, eating it every day is it is good i, I totally get it you yeah. get you get the beans you get the chicken you get the protein you can get some vegetables you can He's get gotta a, salad. Have a chipotle card right i don't think they do those anymore yeah. do you remember that i mean you yeah, know, for those uh, listening
1: you uh, a lot of athletes and people had chipotle cards was unlimited free chipotle you were one yes. of those guys too
0: yeah you uh what, what 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 years were that that was like
1: man that was probably 2015, 16.
0: From like 2015 to 2000, what 2019, I'd say 18, yeah. they had the Chipotle card where if you had this card, essentially you could pretty much just go to Chipotle anytime you wanted and get it for free. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was, I guess what started to happen was people were abusing the cards. Yeah,
1: I was one of the, I was, I <laughs> you was were a serial of, abuser. You were one, one of the name. abusers.
0: Yeah, I was using them all the time. You put more miles on that card. Then, then like, I, I I don't even know. The people at the local Chipotle knew who I was. When I walked in, they got my order. They started getting my order prepared for me. But that thing was swipe more than Kim Kardashian's Amex. It, it, it was it was yeah. nuts, man. I yeah. mean, it was like, every time I saw you, are like, where are you at? I'm buying, the whole, buying this construction site down the street, all the Chipotle. I took orders. I was like, you were just I think, handing I think food a couple of
1: times I went there just to get, like, water bottles. Like, the house was low. <laughs> just pick up some guac and chips. I'm so having some people over.
0: Yeah, what a time.
1: Yeah. since, uh, Since our last pod... Um, the biggest thing that's happened, and now it's happened a week ago. That's what happens when you take some time off. Uh, the OG trade to the Knicks. Mm. I want to break that down, involving a couple of your former teammates. Um, do you, you know, initial thoughts? Who do you think won the trade?
0: Stuff to say right now. I think long term, if you're looking, the Raptors won that trade. Manuel quickly, just with his age, you know, what is he going into his fourth year, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, fifth year. You know, he's. Uh, you know, one of the best scores off the bench. Now they're starting him. So this is kind of like a new thing for him, getting really to kind of expand his his wings a little bit. You know, we've seen it with Jordan Poole in, in D.C. And despite D.C.'s record, it's still experience that Jordan's getting that's very important for their long-term growth uh, that some people don't see. And I think that'll be the case for the Raptors. You have young talent already. That's kind of what the Raptors, I would say, issue has been. Is they've been caught in the middle. They're like winning games because they have guys like Pascal and they had guys like OG and they had all these guys, but then they're like they're also like not getting any top picks. I don't even know their pick situation or how many they have. Yeah. I'd have to look into that. But just in terms, the best of- one being Scotty Barnes was the fourth pick. A and couple years ago. so, and that now they have this young talent who they're developing. He's about to. He's like two, three years from his prime. So at that point, I think they just doubled down. Like, why don't we just go get a couple more young assets? You get a RJ Barrett. You get a. Um, you know, Emmanuel quickly, so now you have multiple young players that they can now kind of start to see what right. they can build with. Pascal will be, I'm sure, that's a guy that people all have been talking about in the trade talks for a while now, just because with his timeline and where he's at in his age, him playing for the Raptors doesn't make a yeah, lot I think of that sense. That was the
1: thing, right? They were hanging on to that 2019 championship team a little bit, but then they had Scotty Barnes, so they were like almost connect, blending the two with yep. the future and the past. Um, obviously, Fred walked uh, last summer seems like Pascal's the next, right? Like, this summer, he yeah, can leave on his he's own. He's the last well, one. He's the yeah. last one on that
0: team. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And he's the best player and always has been. So, it's kind of like you see it with Chicago right now. Chicago doesn't have the young assets that Toronto has in terms of Barnes or a Quickly and Baird and stuff like that. But, you know, they have this team that's, like, caught in this mix. Everyone's, like, blow it up. So that's kind of what they're doing, I would have say, was, right now.
1: It, yeah, but there's also – so they've won 10 out of their last 15 games since it, Levine's been out. And what, the new wrinkle for their situation is Kobe White all of a sudden just looks like – you know, he's a, definitely a part of their future plans. Yep. He's a really good player. So before it was, like, blow it up. Now it's, like, what do we do? Even Vooch, our guy Vooch just went out, and Andre Drummond's coming in, and he's killing, too. They're still winning. Yep. So it's – I don't know. It's, like, next man up for them. They just yep. keep – they keep winning with guys out. I don't know how you feel about that. You know? No, I
0: mean, well, credit to the team. Credit to Billy Donovan for yeah. even, you know, keeping that together. A lot of people had a lot of negative things to say about Billy, and Billy's a top-tier coach, so hopefully he's able to get an extension there because I think he's up for one, right, yeah. um, in Chicago. Uh, but they're they're in that middle land where, like, yeah, they won games, but it's like, I don't know. Like, Chicago's not going to go to the playoffs and go deep or make any runs or anything like that. You yeah. know what I mean? With the
1: playoffs uh, started tomorrow, they would be the 10th seed. They would make the play, which is crazy to think because in the yeah. beginning
0: of the year, I thought they had the worst –
1: Energy I've ever seen from a team. It was team. bad. I mean, remember yeah. they had
0: the team meeting after the first first game of the season. They right. held like a team players only meeting. um So, you know, it's been tough because they like uh, the rebuild word has been thrown around a lot with Chicago. But then they have like DeMar DeRozan, like Caruso, and like these vets who can play. So you know, they're, like, caught in this middle. and Like you said, now with a couple guys out, some of these younger guys are stepping up, and now they're back to playing well. They're in the 10th spot. It's like, where, where are we going? You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's Just but, ride this wave. You know, just,
1: but also the same thing with them and the Bulls and even the Wizards. They have these pieces that... So you're not great, right? You're not bad. Yep. You know, you're know, you not, uh, unfortunately, the Pistons, right? You're not the Pistons, but you're not good. And you also have these pieces that other teams would want. Like Kuzma, we always talk about, like, a team could use Kuzma. Team yep. could use, teams would love Caruso right now, right? So you have these pieces, like... You want to maybe kick the tires and see what you can get for those guys. Mm. But the issue is, it's so easy for a guy like me who's just watching to be like, blow it up, rebuild. That's tough for a fan base, man. When you have two or three seasons where you're rebuilding, you're putting a G League team out there. How do you sell tickets? Like, it's it's bad, but it's so easy for me to it's say. So three
0: years is best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy yeah. for me
1: to be like, blow it up, start over. Like, imagine Chicago, like, that, that franchise, that big market, just being really, really bad. Yeah,
0: that'd be tough. The, the only thing you can say is at least— if anybody's going to rebuild a big market team, usually is their turnaround time is usually a little quicker yeah. than like you know if Milwaukee has what you know once that day and age happens, whenever it does, when Giannis comes down to earth and is human, when when they have to blow that up within the next you know I, I don't even like putting a timeline on something like Giannis, but say let's just be safe and say ten years from now, I know it's crazy, but wow. <laughs> six seven years from now, whatever, say six years from now, yeah, you know Giannis leaves and this leaves like that market will take a little time. Unless you get like a crazy pick, like a Victor, you know, Wimiyama who gets San Antonio small market team. Or
1: you're doing with like OKC, what yeah. he was able to do. Is- exactly. And yeah.
0: the, the, you know, that's kind of been what we've seen is a lot of GMs are trying to do the Sam Presti way. You've seen yeah. it with Danny Ainge in Utah. They're like just getting picks and picks and picks now. Kind of just putting any product out there
1: which, by the way, really quick with Utah, trade Jordan Clarkson and get something. The guy's hooping, like, get some picks for him too, do something. The guy's I don't
0: think Jordan Clarkson's a part of their long-term plans. <laughs> yeah. it, it wouldn't make sense just due to his age yeah. uh, and how good of a player he still is currently. Um, you know, he could go to a lot of playoff teams and, and, and help them win ballgames. So, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Like, you see some of these teams who are full rebuild. You see some of these teams who are you know full trying to win it and then you have teams in the middle and then you have people like us or anybody around who's just like you know we hate rebuild basketball we we, we want to incentivize these new rules as much as we can to try to make teams compete every game and every game matters but then here we are like man if I'm the bulls I blow it up so you know what I mean and so it's right. like there's never a happy ending for anybody yeah. there's always somebody on the short end of the stick and 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 um you know that that sure seems to be the case when a team does rebuild like a team like you know like a chicago a market like that a team that's synonymous in a culture with winning to some degree they've won championships obviously with mj and, and whatever but even the years with Derek, and they've always been good it seems like in yes. recent years um and right now they're kind of going through it but they're still fighting and competing so we'll see what happens with them but uh yeah i og in the knicks I it, you know, they look good. They won their game last night. Big game, too. For him to have his debut and go beat... beat the number one team in the West. Beat the number one team in the yeah. West. The team that's been playing the best basketball right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's an impressive debut. Um
1: People talk about what his impact would be with, like, Jalen Brunson, but it looked like it really impacted Julius Randle at 39 points. Yeah. Uh So OGs maybe could spread the floor. It's, it's, provided, it up it's
0: provided clarity for them, right? Uh, there's, like, less balls now. You know what I mean? There's less ball takers, ball shooters. You know, like, you, we have... You know, RJ, who's a good player, but he's a scorer. Every time he gets it, that ball, he's looking to put it in the basket. Right. Emmanuel quickly is not coming to the game to get an assist. Not that he can't because he he actually has a really good read on lobs and weak side passing, but he's he's a scorer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So sometimes there can be too many chefs in the kitchen. And what we've seen right now is Jalen Brunson has definitely reached the status of, like, their go-to guy along with Julius Randle. They're like their tandem. Yeah. Um, I think they doubled down on that. You know, everybody's been saying – how can the Knicks win, or how good are the Knicks if their two best players are Brunson and Randall? Brunson's really good. Now the narrative's changed. Well, is Brunson on one A? 1A? Is Brunson that conversation around the Knicks star core? Can you know continues to be a question amongst the media and fans. But the Knicks have clearly said, no, we actually believe this. We're doubling down on this. You know, we're going to take Jalen. We're going to take Randall. We're going to clear out some of our youth. They they got rid of uh, quickly. They got rid of Barrett. Less, less shooters, less ball handlers. Let's get someone like OG, who doesn't need the ball. He kind of affects the game defensively, offensively. He gets offensive rebounds. They got a lot of those guys.
1: You know Tib's going to love that.
0: You already have Josh Hart and Chinzo out there flying around, getting rebounds, defending. It seems like this team is being tailor-made fit for Thibodeau to yeah. coach to his best of his abilities. It, you know, you see a lot of teams in today's day build teams around, or I'm sorry, a lot of organizations build teams around their star player. It seems like in this case, we're getting a mix between them building a team around Brunson-Arandon and also more, more so this is being built around Thibodeau.
1: I bet you other coaches wish they had that luxury. No, that, that's what I'm saying.
0: Thibodeau's being – he's getting a team put together to best yeah. fit his talents as a coach, guys that he likes. Defensive first, yeah. nose, no complaint, don't need the ball in their hands. Can hit an open shot, but they're going to scrap. That's kind of like what we're seeing here. I mean, there's going to be lineups with like guys like Grimes and uh, OG and and Divincenzo and Hart and Randall and Brunson. I mean, Mitchell, uh, all, every single one of these. Taj Gibson for crying out loud, still out there. Like every single guy that they have is 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 like you know these are hard you know working hard nosed guys. And then you have your two scores. It kind of simplifies things when quickly came in. We didn't know who show it was. Quickly wanted that ball. You know, well, you is, knew
1: when they paid Hart that they weren't going to have the money for quickly. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. was a,
0: that was already a clear indicator that, right. you know, we're going this direction. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. You know what I mean? The Knicks are going to be a team that, you know, you play in a playoff series, it's going to be tough and physical.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, scoring, does this affect them a little bit? Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, sure. Were there a lot of chefs in the kitchen? Yeah, maybe. But sometimes that's nice to have, especially in the playoffs if Brunson's having an off game or if Randall's being guarded well or having an yeah. off game. Like, you got a guy like Barrett or quickly who can go for 20. Not that OG can't, but those other guys were more traditional, conventional scores.
1: And it opens it up for a guy like Grimes, who was, you know, his minutes were like dwindling a little yeah, they're bit. Yeah,
0: when he's struggling a little bit most yeah. of the season, he hasn't really played his best basketball. And
1: they're not going to play up in Fournier, I guess. But I'm just saying, like losing quickly, there were other guys that are going to be able to come. I wonder in.
0: if they will use Fournier now a little bit, just yeah. due to the fact that, like, but like the whole team going to be like Hart and hustle guys. Yeah, like I, you got a Josh Hart, you got an OG, you you have a DiVincenzo. How many fucking guys do you need like that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody's got to put the ball in the basket. I know, like, Randall and Brunson are good at it, but damn, bro. Yeah. Like, there's only two dudes.
1: Well, all you've ever heard is Evan Forney. These like, those saddest quotes about his situation. On the I know. I, actually, I feel for him just because yeah. he's
0: my age. We kind of came in around the same year. I think I might have came in a year before him, a couple years before him. But we're around the same age. And um, what I see happen to him is what, kind of what happened to me the past couple of years. is like, even if you should be playing or could be playing... A team just goes in a different direction. And once they kind of go in that direction, it's yeah. very difficult for any team, GM, or coach to sometimes, I don't want to say human, but to admit that you're, you know, you can't even admit like, hey, sorry, we're going to start playing you again. Like once they go that way, they feel like it's like it's a door they can't yeah, reopen. If they play him
1: in Fortnite and he scores 20 or something, they're going to be like, you
0: should have been playing the whole time. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's not a door they want to open. Yeah. Selfishly, teams right. do this. You know, even and Evan would love that door to be open. He doesn't have an ego about it. He's handled it very well. And of course, he's had some quotes that have gone... Viral, but like what? I mean, he hasn't said anything that's really been well, crazy. Well,
1: more than anything, he just wants to play. Yeah, he's And the like, guy got paid, and he could easily be checked out, you know, like, the, like guys tend to do sometimes, but he just wants to play basketball. Yeah, so. he,
0: wants to, he wants to play, yeah. and he could check out now. He's gotten two big contracts yeah. uh, back-to-back. I think it was like 80 plus 70 or something like that. So he's made over $150 million. So the guy can do whatever he wants the rest of his life. The guy still wants to play basketball. He's also from – I think he's from overseas, France? France. Yeah, yeah, he's French. So obviously, he, if he wants – you know, maybe after this, he goes to PSG or, you know, uh, not PSG, I'm sorry. He'd go to Paris and play, you know, over there and play in the uh, their league. And he could always go home if he really, really wants to. Because at that point, you're playing for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to play the game. He could go home, fans, fr- you know, close friends, family, and like play over there, knowing he's done his thing in the NBA had his time. Yeah. You know what and I mean? And he'll
1: he- always have that. Uh, you know, that thing where he puts that French jersey on and dominates the Olympics. That's what I'm saying. So they're still like, going to have that you opportunity. You could really double too. down and go back there if you and really By the want. way, the Olympics are in Paris next year. So <laughs> yeah. he's going to be, I'm sure he's going to ball out. Yeah. But so back to the Raptors part of it, RJ Bear, we didn't talk about it from, go from home. He's from Toronto. So that's going to be cool for them. Yeah. And them getting quickly. So you you're building around Scotty Barnes, obviously. Do you like those two pieces with Scotty Barnes? Because I do think so quickly, they started him at point guard last game. I don't know, like we talked about it. He's not a traditional point guard. We don't know now that he has the opportunity, it might become something yeah, maybe, else we, yeah, we've seen it happen before. Um, but I think with Scotty Barnes' ability to bring the ball up, I think you could have a quickly starting at point, and it's yeah. okay with Scotty Barnes, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like I'm not comparing Scotty Barnes and LeBron James, guys. I'm just saying <laughs> you don't need like a traditional point guard next to someone like LeBron James. Yeah, Mario even,
1: Chalmers wasn't a traditional Yeah, point Yeah, Mar-
0: Mario Chalmers wasn't a traditional point guard. You know what I mean? So it's just like you don't really need a point guard next to someone who's going to be handling the ball so much as is and, like, making reads like they're trying to do with Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Which is why you've seen in LA, like, guys like D'Lo who, like, want to have control, you know, with the ball. That fit doesn't work always with LeBron. That's why you go get a Gabe Vincent, who's a point guard but not really. He's not coming off pick and rolls, 100 pick and rolls a game, yeah. Get diamond people out. He's, you know, he'll bring in the ball, run a set, Get in the offense, that's it. You know, hit an open shot, get a pick and roll here and there, get a couple assists here and there. But LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands. That's essentially what they want to do, I think, with Toronto. Quickly wants to score anyways. Keep him as a scorer. You know, keep him as a playmaker because he can playmake. Uh, but you got a guy like Scotty who's going to be running the show for the most part. A guy who clearly they're building their franchise around. So I, I actually like it. I mean, they were, listen, where, where was Toronto going? You know what I mean? OG's been on the trade talk for like... It seems like every year he's been there. Yeah. He's like the main guy. First, it was like Portland wanted him. Remember that whole thing? Like he was going to go to Portland. He's part of this trade. No, and like that, apparently,
1: the Grizzlies last year yeah, offered like, like five
0: first-round picks yeah, for him. His, 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 his value is really high. Yeah. I'll say this about OG. Yeah. His value is very high. I'm interested to see how high... Like I, I want to see why. I know he's a solid player. I'm not questioning it. I just like the players that he... RJ Barrett and Manuel quickly and something I wonder, like a second round, second pick. round pick like yeah. you know for OG and, yeah. and Precious, who's talented as well actually in his own right but um you know o- OG's value in stock has been like skyrocket high yeah. since he's you know got in the league people saw him and thought maybe he could he yeah, had like Kawhi esque type stuff that I, that that's just ridiculous he does that's not ever gonna happen no offense he just doesn't have that that turn. They don't right. have a scoring game in terms of like his turnaround game. Like Kawhi's a different menace, man. Right. People are so quick to throw out comparisons. It's like anybody who's skinny in six ten, they throw out Kevin Durant. And then like we're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to compare someone to Kawhi is a little premature, especially since OG's not like twenty one anymore. He's been in the league for like four or five years now. Right. Who he is now? Not saying he can't get better because he can, but you know.
1: Well, we're gonna see him in a cool new role where he's the third best player on a really yeah, good so team. So that's what
0: I'm saying. We're gonna see like really how good he is. You know yeah. what I mean? Not that we haven't seen him be a good player in Toronto. We have, but this is a different stage. Yeah, I mean, he's on Front Street, Broadway, Madison Square Garden, man. You know what I mean? Like this is as big as the stage gets in basketball. Lakers, Knicks, right? Yeah. You know, now he's there. They've pieced this team together for Tibbs, Brunson, Randall. He's a big part of it. OG. They won their first game versus Minnesota, so you know all looks well right now. We'll see how it pans out. Do you think
1: that they are now, for you in your eyes, are they the third best team in the East behind Celtics and Bucks? Because uh, so they're competing with the Heat, the
0: Sixers.
1: I mean, if you want to throw in the Celtics
0: Bucks are unanimous one-two, right? We know that. I guess the the, the competition for New York... I think New York is ahead of everybody else in terms of... If we're talking about the third spot, it's just between them and Philly. Not Miami. Gosh, I can't leave Miami out. Right. Then Miami would be in there too, yeah. You know, it's tough because I'm not the biggest fan of Miami's roster in terms of, you know, competition in the playoffs. But every time we say this, they like... They do that thing that Miami does. And they right. get the most out of every player. And
1: Like if the Heat and Knicks got into a playoff series tomorrow, I don't know.
0: If the Heat <laughs> and Knicks got into a playoff series tomorrow, barring no injuries, everybody's super healthy, and I had to put all my money and my savings on one team, <laughs> I'd probably go to Miami.
1: Right, see? Yeah. Which you know, but it's hard for you to put them the third right around the standings like in your mind. Regular
0: season, no, not Miami. Yeah, <laughs> playoff Miami. I'm I'm putting Miami is probably the third best team in the East. Yeah, and they might even give Milwaukee trouble just because there's a mental. Because they thing historically there. have, there's, yeah, there's a mental thing there. They they've, they've yeah. had success versus Milwaukee. Damien changes that because he's a new player. I think that's when Damien's stock will really show why this trade is worth it. I think a lot of people are you see what Milwaukee's missing because they are they're you know, Drew, Drew hurt them missing Drew hurts. Him. I mean. You watch it every night. Their perimeter defense is, is, it's rough, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I do think Damien's value will show and glow come playoff time. He'll yeah. be able to really, like, you'll see, like, oh, this is why we got him. Right. When they're going in that series versus Heat and Jimmy's in Giannis's head and maybe Giannis is having a game where he looks human and, you know, the series, now you got, you got another captain, bro. You got another guy next to you that can kind of take over and do some big things. So. And you
1: have a guy that you know can close out a
0: game pretty exactly. much better than everyone. Just, yeah, he's one of the best closers in NBA history. Yeah. So that's where Damien's value will, sh- you know, come. You know, so we'll see. But Boston's clearly the best. After that, Philly, New York, Miami, all three of those teams are kind of fighting. I'll give Philly the edge because they've historically been three more consistently than any other team. Yeah. any of the MVP on their team. Out of all all three teams between New York, Miami, and Philly, the most dominant, best player, clearly, hands down, is on Philly. Uh, and potentially the most improved with Tyrese Maxey. And, t- and you got Tyrese Maxey in there. Yeah. So like I'm going Philly three. I'm going to stamp that. Four, five is, you know, I'll go New York, then Miami. But playoffs, scoot Miami ahead. Of yeah, of Just about everybody but Boston. <laughs> so we'll see
1: are you surprised because the Knicks were linked to a lot of different free agents, you know, they were wondering who they were going to pair with Brunson and Randall. It could have been Zach Levine or Donovan Mitchell was a name that everyone talked about for a little bit. I heard, you know, Carl Anthony Towns or Joel Embiid. Do you, are you a little surprised that they went with OG?
0: Well, I don't think Zach Levine fits the MO of like the whole Knicks. Yeah. Like, Tibbs. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. I don't know how Zach, did, did does Zach play under Tibbs in Minnesota already? A producer says he did. So, yeah. That that yeah. experiment's already been there, and Zach wanted out. Tibbs wanted. Remember, yeah, Jimmy Butler and all those. Because I think that, that was a trade, right? Right. By, yeah. yeah. So like that that we didn't know that fits not going to work. Remember, he didn't want Cam Reddish. Remember yeah. that, like he doesn't like those type of guys. You know, like you know Zach's a little bit more mild mannered. You know, not known historically as the best defensive player, but a guy who could put the ball in the basket and gets paid right. max money to do so. They just got off of R.J. Barrett's contract. To take on Zach's, who has a whole bunch of years still left, I didn't see that really making sense for them. Unless it was like with this guy, we're winning right now, and I don't think the Knicks can confidently say that. Like with you know, if you add Zach to that team, do they win right now? I I don't know. Fit wise, it's not bad. Just because you have Brunson, Levine, uh, Randall, it kind of plugs in nice. I just don't know makeup and like game style and play if he fits what like Tibbs likes to do and what Tibbs wants and likes and sees in players. Some of those things are things that Zach doesn't have. You know, Zach's great at other things, much greater than, I mean, he's one of the better scorers in the NBA. But I don't know if that's the best fit for someone like Tibbs. So I I didn't see that happening. I think OG's, We want to talk about fit and scenario. That's about his best case scenario for Tibbs. Like we said, a lot of teams don't, a lot of franchises, organizations don't build around a coach. It just from the eye test, and again, I can't confirm that. I'm not in their locker room, but from the eye test looking and and watching, it looks like that. That it's being tailored around Tibbs. So we'll see where this goes.
1: Also, back to the Toronto part of it again we talk about guys that just need a new fresh start maybe a fresh you know change of yeah. scenery i think rj barrett's a great example of that a guy that i just think he did need to go somewhere else to start somewhere new and fresh right and yeah. i'm excited to see maybe you know
0: what he could be yeah you know he's always consistently kind of gotten dragged you know just in new york just like you know you're not as good as this guy was a top pick he's averaged 20 you know 18 point per game seasons he's a he's a pretty good scorer uh shoots at a pretty damn good percentage plays hard You know what I mean? He's been asked to do whatever he's wanted to do. You know, whatever they've asked him to do in New York, he did. Uh, So you, you know, can't really give any R.J. Barrett slander right now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited for him to go home, yeah, and get to like hoop in Toronto. I think it's every Hooper's dream is at some point to play for their city. I know mine was one day to play for the Magic, and you know, obviously that hasn't happened. But for R.J. to get to go back to Toronto, um, and I don't know where uh, specifically he's from in Canada, but Canada, nonetheless, you know, I mean, he's back home, and I think that's pretty dope.
1: Yeah. All right. One more thing on the OG trade. Obviously, we talked about Siakam. Siakam being next in line to get traded. What? What's a team that you would like to see him go to?
0: Siakam. Yeah. Oof. You know, it's interesting with Siakam just because you know he has such a unique game where he can't be on a team where you need him to provide spacing. Yeah so it has to be at a team where he's allowed to still have the ball a lot so now you have to start thinking about what teams does he fit where you would want the ball in his hands rather than a guy like for instance you wouldn't say dallas right because luca needs shooting around him and the ball's gonna be in luca's hands all the time you're not gonna say atlanta because of Trey, you're not going to say, and they already have Dejounte Murray there, and that fits already well, weird. We'll get to
1: Dejounte Murray too. I think he's probably next on the. On, he's going to be on yeah, the move. Yeah,
0: well, well, that Trey didn't make sense in the beginning to get right. him there. And I like Dejounte Murray; I think he's a good player. Yeah. But if Trey Young is going to be your best player, if Trey Young is going to be your dominant ball handler, which he is, he needs supreme shooting around right. him. When they had that amazing run that we always talk about, it, it was the conference finals, it was, it, it was
1: Trey and a bunch of guys like Herder, Herder, and, 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 like and
0: Bogdanovich, and like all these guys who can just lace him up and fire threes. Yeah. They need defensive 3 and D guys, a whole bunch of them. Especially, they actually really need defensive guys. Especially, and DeJounte can really play defense. So, I think that was part of the reason why they went and got him. They're like, yo, DeJounte, you guard the guys that Trey's supposed to guard. and We'll hide Trey somewhere else. But, I think at this point, you need to fill it with as many shooters as you can. Pascal, going back to him, he's going to be, if you're talking about championship team, Pascal has to be your second or third option, right? So if that's the case, it still has to be a team tailor-made to where he can have the ball in his hands because that's his game. His game is face-up, attack left, right, whatever way, you know what I mean? You know, get to the basket, unorthodox, flip shots, floaters, can hit a spot three when he has it going, has a nice little midi, but he's not got a guy that we're running transition and I'm flipping it too and he's catching firing right. threes, you know what I'm saying? So like his game is very – it has to be tailor-made for a certain situation. So, you know, I I, I don't know – what team that is, it's hard to say. I mean, if any team with a primary ball dominant player, he, he, it's not going to work. He right. needs to go to a team that's like open. So you don't want to see and like say Golden State.
1: I'm trying to think of a team that would want to make a move that their season's not going the way they wanted to.
0: See, yeah, the Warriors, it's like, you know.
1: Because the Warriors, I think, are going to make a move. I just want to know, look, what what is the right move for the them? The reason
0: the Warriors isn't a bad fit is because Steph doesn't pound the ball that much. He, he he's the primary ball handler, but it's not to the extent of like what a Luca does, you know, what a um, you know a Trey Young does, what a Halliburton does. Those those guys had the ball in their hand. Like for instance, Pascal in Indiana. I don't know. That could make sense, just because Halliburton pushes the tempo. You know, maybe that's somewhere Pascal actually can play is Indiana. It has to. It's unique with him, man. His his game is very. It's not again, for the 100th time. It's not based around shooting. Yeah. So it has to be somewhere that needs somewhere like Pascal. You know what I'm saying? Like him going to like the Clippers or, or the Lakers, like teams like that, they, they can't use Pascal because they already need more shooting. And like they need shooting around their core guys, whether that's a Harden, a James, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, like those guys need spacing. Not someone who's going to try to attack the paint and clog the paint. Like, so it, it, it's got to be a run and gun team. I don't mind the Pacers. I don't think they can even make sense. I don't think they're looking for Pascal. But, you know, Golden State, that ball flies without the ball. I don't know how well he does with that. A lot of his stuff's ISO, and one-on-one. Yeah, So, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, I just think Golden
1: State definitely needs to be delicate with, with whatever move they make because they have, you know, a couple more years of Steph's greatness, I'm, I'm guessing, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to waste it. And it's yeah. so
0: far, obviously, this year feels a little bit like a waste. It seems like, at this point, if I'm Golden State, I shake it up. Yeah. 'Cause this isn't going anywhere. Are you saying are you recommending maybe trading Draymond or Clay? Both? Neither? I think everyone, if I'm if I'm the Warriors, everyone's on the table, other than one guy. Yeah. 30. Everyone else can everyone else can be can be moved. Um that's just what it is. It's and that's nothing against uh Draymond or Clay. These guys are both Hall of Fame basketball players. They will both have their jerseys hung in the rafters in Golden State. When that time comes, uh, they both will, like I said, be in Hall of Fame, and they made hundreds of millions of dollars, and will go on to do, I'm sure, greater and bigger things even after basketball. Right? Warriors legends stamped, sealed, delivered, done.
1: Yeah.
0: With that being said, time is undefeated, and time doesn't stop. And if your job, if you are Dunleavy, and your job taking over the reins of someone like Bob Myers who built this historic franchise. There has to come, and I'm not saying it's right now, so I don't know if they trade them right now, but this will be a decision soon. Am I still trying to piece together what some other man built that we're no longer getting that success from anymore? What point, at what time, is that line drawn to where they're like, these guys still have some value. Yeah. Can I trade these pieces for other players and other things out there that can best benefit Steph to where we can at least squeeze every ounce of greatness that we have yeah. out of him it's and just, surround just, him with the best players. It's a very hard discussion. It's really hard to do. You're like, oh, you're just yeah. trading away your legacy. And exactly. he gets a little sensitive there. You know, Trading Klay Thompson doesn't even sound real. Trading Draymond Green doesn't sound real. Yeah. When I think of those two, you just think of Golden State. They're iconic there. Yeah. So I don't know when that line is. I, I, I personally believe anybody and everybody should be on the table. I didn't play in Golden State. I'm also not Draymond or Clay. I don't right. have the legacy I have there, so it's just like it's easier for me as a as a former yeah. opponent and now a fan to say these things. You know, I that it, it's very hard for Dunleavy to do, right? You know and what also,
1: I mean? <clears throat> whatever trade he makes for Clay, or Draymond, uh, Mike Dunleavy's, his entire legacy will
0: be defined. Everything by it. Everything will be defined by it. The only thing I will say to that it's like, yo, I also traded him at the end. Like, it's not like I traded prime Clay and yeah. prime Draymond. These guys, these guys are mid thirties. We're on our way out. Yeah. So, if anything, I was trying to get the best I could for him before it was too late to where their value was really nothing. And now we're really in rebuild mode. And I got Steph out here just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we have like three, four years of like this level of Steph. You know what I mean? After that, he's going to be like high 30s. And like, there's just really not much you can ask for him, especially since his body type is just not the same as someone like LeBron. I've never seen anybody aged like LeBron. I don't expect anybody. Kevin right. Durant's also right behind him. Yeah. And then, even though Jeff Green has nothing to do with the production of those guys, that guy just keeps dunking. I saw him do a reverse dunk last night. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Green, who just keeps like slipping through the cracks and everybody doesn't really talk about, but he's yeah. literally balding and, and is out there doing reverse windmill dunks. Like He's, it's, <laughs> he's defying the man as we he's speak. He's like a you mini know? version of what LeBron's doing. <laughs> he's literally like a mini LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jeff Green. Um, Uncle Jeff. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough de- decision to be in. Right. But I like, think everyone's on the team.
1: We've seen times where dynasties they ride it till the wheels fall off, and it, you know, and it doesn't look great. Um, I can remember, you know, like Celtics with Kevin McHale losing against the Hornets in the first round. Like they just rode it till these guys were like limping off. And then there's times where they could trade at the right time and retool, and they could avoid maybe a rebuild. Yeah. Um, we were talking about avoiding Wiggins
0: the- too. Wiggins has value. Yeah. Like, and he hasn't. Like, bro, he's that. That this this thing's not working. You know what right. I mean? Like, and he has. I'm it was thinking just couple- two
1: years ago though he was the second best player on a championship team and he
0: was he was defending so well and he was remember the, the series with Luka Doncic what he did to him like I, but that that is two years removed and we're not getting that from him anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Gary Payton II has a little bit of value. He hasn't really shown that he could play solid anywhere else other than Golden State. No offense, but he hasn't. He went to Portland and that shit was a disaster. I know he's hurt, but like even when he played, he's very tailor-made for like a certain team because yeah. he's not really skilled at all. He's yeah. just an athlete. He just
1: means more to the Warriors than any other team. Yeah, he's
0: culturally, he's yeah. he's embedded there. They like him as a person. He's an athlete. He defends. He rebounds. But him, Wiggins, Dre, Clay, Moody, they all, they have to, there's no way not one of, you can't sit here and look at me in my eyes and say that not one of them can be traded. Right. That just doesn't, now we're holding on to something. So now are yeah. we doing our job as a GM or as a president, or are we holding on to something? That's what I'm saying. That line has to, is, it's getting more and more clear. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, well, if you're de- if you're focusing on the rest
1: of Steph's career the next three years, then you probably get off a of Kaminga, right? Because that's the you're either going with the future with the Moody's and the Kamingas and Pods and all this stuff, or you're gonna be like, you know what? No, we're gonna maximize the next few years. See, for that's Steph. that's a
0: decision too. Because I mean, Kaminga's talented as shit, man. Like yeah. that that guy has like Jalen Brown written all over him. I don't know if he can tap into that and be that. Yeah. But he's not far off. So, I. It's a good question, man. You know, I, I'm glad I'm not running that team. <laughs> no, no, definitely people figured it out. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are hard questions, man. I think as a Warriors fan, you have to really be thinking, like, what is our future? Yeah. I think for short term, they're going to see if there's any moves right now. Maybe nothing too major. Maybe just some small, nice pieces that can make them a little bit more well rounded. And I think they, they bet one more time on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's get Draymond back from suspension. Whenever that will be, he'll be back. Clay will be healthy. You know, he's he's already playing better than he was in the regular, you know, beginning of the season. You're seeing starting, you know, more consistent clay. Steph's gonna be Steph. You know, let's see if we can get Wiggins to kind of tap and lock back in. And, you know, Gary Payton's healthy now, the second, you know, we have all these guys. Moody has found his way out of the rotation a little bit, but I actually like him. Um and then you kind of roll with that. It's tough because like if you we're talking about this, like, can they beat Denver? It's like, no. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who they, can they beat even the Lakers? I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. I, we'll see.
1: A guy you wanted to talk about um, before the pod started, you definitely wanted to have a Derek White conversation. I know we had a little bit last pod. All-star Derek White? It's, it, now that's all people want to talk about. And it, like we talked about it last pod. How,
0: who does he make it over? Well, this is, the, this is why there's no answer to this question because, well, first off, let's just, be, let's bit, you know, let it be known. Every year someone gets snubbed. M- so, multiple people. That's how it's always going to be. Anthony
1: Edwards didn't make the All Star game last year. We've talked about this hurt.
0: multiple times. I think Devin Booker's made four All Star games. I think three of them he didn't even get voted in. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Or two? No, I'm, it might be two to three of them. Yeah. He literally did not get voted. Right. Someone had to get hurt, and then they're like, oh, "Okay, we'll put you in." He's not Crazy. even like a four time valid All Star. He's yeah. like a one time valid All Star, and we're talking about or two time valid All Star maybe. The other two were off injuries. Just like yeah. Anthony Edwards said, like man, I don't even. Anthony Edwards already alluded to it. He's like, I don't even accept my All Star last year. I only got in because someone else wasn't available. Yeah, it's like it's the result. Yeah, but
1: twenty years from now, all you're going to see is Anthony well, Edwards All Star last year. I know course, in his own mind, of course, of course, of course. Yeah.
0: But like, you know, we do it with Devin, like four time All Star. I'm like, yo, three of those, this guy didn't even get in, right? And he's like the best shooting guard in the NBA right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's, there's always somebody getting the short end of the stick. Brad Beal led the league in scoring one year, didn't get in.
1: Yeah. You know Especially I mean? with this statistical boom, people just have to put up the craziest numbers. You're going to have a guy that's making
0: like, oh, wow, okay,
1: 20 years ago, this guy, 30 years ago, this guy would have been, you know, uh, sh- probably starting in the All-Star game and now he's not making it, you know, because the stats are just crazy. Now yeah. we always talk about that. If, if Derek White makes it over a Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell's putting up these crazy numbers, it's it's going to look weird when they do the side-by-side. Well, it's going side.
0: to look real, weird because Donovan Mitchell on a nightly basis has much more in his shoulders and puts much more uh, output and puts more on the table, scores more, rebounds, assists, steals.
1: That's the thing about the All-Star game. Do you credit the guys that are winning and have you know put up less numbers, or do you credit the guys that are um, maybe worse
0: teams well, that are putting up big numbers? this is the argument on Derek's side. He's playing on the best team in basketball. Yeah. All right? And uh, I don't know what their record is, per se, but they're, they are the best team in basketball. Okay? They're right there. Their record's always one, two, three, whatever. They have the best record in the NBA. There it is. Yeah. Best team in basketball. And they are the best team in basketball. Yeah. He's not playing good. He's playing great as a role player. Yeah. So much so that he's probably the best role player in the NBA. Consistently, yeah. I would have gave that title to mikhail Bridges when he was a role player. He's not that anymore. Yeah. Now in Brooklyn, he's more featured, but in Phoenix, in my eyes, I thought Mikael Bridges was the best role player in the NBA. Yeah, um and I, you see Phoenix misses him and Cam, especially Mikael, just yeah. what he did defensively and how the fluidity of how he played, not needing the ball. And I think it helped Devin. Yeah, um, which we can talk about that in a little bit, but since he's gone his way, Derek White, in my opinion, is the best role player in, in the NBA. I just, and he's, we've seen it in, in times in history when the best team is dominating the NBA, which, you know, Celtics are, sometimes you get one, two, three, possibly even four all-stars in a year. We've seen it. Yeah. And it always is like one one or two guys. We are like, how the hell did he make the all-star game? Because Derek White is not an all-star talent player. He's not.
1: I mean, listen, when the Hawks, you know, in 2018 got in four guys and Kyle Korver made it. Without that's, Horford that's what I'm saying. And you, yeah, saw Mills happen, Corver, you, yeah, you saw Kyle Korver.
0: saw, Jeff Teague. You know, Mills, Teague, you know and, and all these guys make it because they were putting out a product every night that was winning games. Yeah. So not only were they putting up decent numbers, not all-star numbers, but everybody knew they were all taking away from each other for the greater good of the team, and they were winning. Yeah. And it was the Hawks. So they got four. Do we do the same thing now is the question. Uh, you know, it's harder now because the way the game is played in the evolution of basketball, like you just alluded to, bro, guys are putting up crazier numbers now. Yeah. So now it's even harder for a guy like Derek White, who's on the best team in the league and is probably one of the most important players on the team outside of Jalen and Jason. I'd probably put Andrew. I'd put Andrew. Nah, but, uh,
1: but honestly, <laughs> by the way, th- this means they're a really good team yeah, because you, yeah. you don't even know what to do. No, no exactly. Right here. I, I don't know. On well, any I, given night, one of those guys could be the most important guy. I would say he's Jason Tatum's number one, but you could mix up the other guys no, no, anytime I, I, and anywhere. That's where
0: Perzingis, you're like, this guy won them the game. After Tatum and after Brown, and even sometimes after Tatum. Yeah, like Derek White has games where like, he's the second best player on the floor, bro. He's not better than Jalen Brown for anybody listening. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But there are a lot of nights where Derek White is the second best player for Boston, just in terms of what he does on both ends right. and all the little shit this guy does.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he has only leveled as Marcus Smart declined. What they realized, not declined, uh, left. What they realized is like, yo, he's better than Marcus. And Marcus is great at what he does. But they had this more efficient, cleaner, better version in terms of how his game style is played. You know, not as erratic. Very, very efficient. Shoots incredible clips and numbers from this floor. You know, so they're like, yo, that's why they were able to get off that, get this guy. More front stage, you're gonna be our new like Marcus Smart was like our defensive like cap. You're the guy now. Yeah. And he's only taken it and put it at a level where like Derek White's like the standard. Every team in the league, especially winning teams, are looking for like a Derek White type guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh so I wouldn't be mad if he made the all-star game. I really wouldn't. He he played for him to be putting up. This is my example. This is what I told someone the other day. If you were the fourth option for the Celtics, he's averaging 17 a game, fam. He's averaging 17 points, a couple points off a dub. Yeah. And he's not even the first, second, third, or fourth option on the best team in basketball.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's a two-way player. And he shoots high percentages from the field. So, no, he doesn't average more than Jordan Poole or Kyle Kuzma. But his points are, are way more impressive. Yeah. 17 points per game is a fourth option around some chucks. No offense. I love Tatum. But that guy puts the ball up. But really quick, Brown though, puts the, ball the up.
1: devil's advocate point with that would, would be, you know, a guy like... Those guys are actually getting game playing against, and Derek White. You're game playing against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, so maybe he slips through the cracks. Very true. But that's the other side of it. I'm it not It is the to other the, side, uh, but
0: like, having a green light is is unbelievable in today's NBA. Getting to go yeah. out there and hoist up 20 shots a night, man. By default, you're averaging 20. Yeah. By default, this guy is not even. There's no plays ran for Derek. Yeah. He's just out there making do average to make do and average 17 is nuts, yeah. like. 17 points per game is like six man of the year. Well, that's, he's starting now and all that, but he would have been one that. I think he won that last year. I was in the running for it. It was Malcolm Brogdon won it. I want to give credit though to Derek White because
1: another thing too, going into this season, we talked about Drew Holiday, what he's going to add to the team, right? And we talked about Perzingis, right? So those all these other storylines, but now he has made himself kind of like their storyline, right? It was all about like Perzingis and there's this new thing. And are they a big three? We're adding him and we added Drew Holiday, but Derek White is now, you know, made himself probably the story of the team
0: yeah i mean he's, he's going back to san antonio and getting him, uh an all-star chance that was that was insane first off you gotta love that san antonio loves their guys uh with the exception of Kawhi. <laughs> yeah who uh popovich they're not a lot of anymore they're not, yeah they're not a lot of him anymore but uh yeah nah it, it's it's um it's good to see man i mean I, I guess as a role player which i was my entire career in the nba at least um it is nice to see like a guy like Derek just get the attention he's getting and people even putting him in the all-star conversation. He's made the all-star game already, whether he makes it or not. Yeah. Him even being in the conversation as a role player tells you the value of his guy, like where he's gonna get in terms of the market value on when when his contract's up, he's gonna be making over a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, and just how really good of a player he is, you know, San Antonio pushed that out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they they have historically like found these type of players and you know Derek has been able to go to whatever team boston and not only find a home but make himself one of the most important pieces on arguably the best team in, no not arguably the best team in the nba right so uh you know it's and it
1: makes you think how many other guys are like that on other teams where you could add them and they could become you know flourish you know yeah. be the best version of themselves yeah. Derek white's obviously found a great situation so for final him. answer I don't think he makes it, but you know what? A lot of the times, the biggest snub of the all-star game gets more praise, like you said, and gets more attention than the guys that just make it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, he's going to, I mean, the more yeah. the story is, he's in conversations. Yeah, him
0: being in the conversation is enough for him. Uh, I mean, because let's look at it. If, if he makes it, you have, let's just talk about it. Tatum and Brown are in the all-star game. Right. Right. Jalen Brunson is in the all-star game.
1: Halliburton, Halliburton,
0: Tyre- Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese
1: Maxey, T- Trey Young has to make it. The so now,
0: too- so so Trey Donovan or um, Maxey are going to be the guys. One of those three wouldn't make it for yeah for him to make it because Halliburton's unanimous, Brunson's going to be unanimous, and obviously you know Tatum and and and, um, and Brown are going to be unanimous. So. If you're talking about who's out, you know, and I think Mitchell, by the way, makes All Star game. Donovan yeah. Mitchell makes All Star game. So it's either Maxi. I, I, I can't put Trey there because Trey Trey's stats are like they're actually silly. What he averages, his numbers are kind of <laughs> they're kind of silly, bro. Yeah, he puts up insane numbers to the point where if he doesn't make it, we're like, then what is an all star? Well,
1: his, he's so good that when we talk about the Hawks and how they're underachieving, we don't talk about trading Trey Young. You know what I mean? They, that's the thing. They don't, they're not going to blow it up and rebuild like that. Like they just have to build around him. That's how good
0: he is. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the what are the Hawks' record? Where are they at in the East? They're right at nine there? and thirteen or something. I don't know. I gotta look it up. Oh yeah, they're not good. They're they're not even in the playing. 13 and 19. Jeez. 13 and 19? Yeah. It's disgusting. Isn't it strange how Atlanta just doesn't because like on paper, they have they're talented as shit, man. It's like you got the, the kid from Duke just flying around dunking everything, right? Well, yeah, he was he had a great start of the year, and then he got hurt. But he's back now. Yeah. He's already punching again. Jalen, yeah. Jalen Johnson. Freak athlete. Yeah, you, you know, uh, uh, Trey, you got Murray. You got DeAndre Hunter, you got Hunter, yeah. You got Bogdanovich. Yeah, yeah. You know, how the hell aren't you? You guys got to go win. It's the games. same way we
1: talk about the Cavs. I don't know how that. You know, we talk about the Cavs starting lineup. No, they're
0: very similar in that fact. Yeah, like the like, Cavs it, starting lineup,
1: and you're like, how are Cleveland they not better?
0: In, both Cleveland and Atlanta, based off a roster, it's yeah. ridiculous right. that Brooklyn and Chicago have better records than you. Miami has a better record than you. Miami's fucking 19 and 14. They're always good. Don't matter who's on their team.
1: Yeah.
0: Bro, literally, man. Like, they, 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 they just win games.
1: So the thing that the Hawks and Cavs have in common is they have these backcourts that are really good, but I don't know if they they really complement each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mitchell and Garland, we talked about that. Are they too small? Do they bring out the best out of each other? Now we have Murray and Trey Young, and clearly, you know, the Hawks
0: were, I hate to say it, better before they got Murray. Yeah, they, well, they definitely were. Bef- they were a lot better before they got Murray. I mean, Murray. that might
1: have been lightning in a bottle. We don't know what that was. That, that run might have been magical. Maybe we're hanging on to that too much.
0: Could be. Yeah, yeah, and and again, that's not a Murray thing. I mean, yeah. we, me and you are both fans of Dejounte Murray's game. Just his game in terms of fit next to someone like Trey doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, I I understand why they did it for defensive reasons. So I don't think it was a bad idea. I think it was worth the risk. I think yeah. they saw where it was going. Remember, they went to the conference finals and they had a couple of years step back. They're like, okay, now we're going backwards. Why don't we shake it up, try something new? Yeah, uh, herder and Bogdanovich were always competing to be the shooter, and it was just you know they kind of yeah was able to like you know, clean things up and put DeJounte in there, and that hasn't really worked either. So DeJounte's a talented guard. Another guy who's very unique in terms of fit, you know, somewhere like you can't just throw him anywhere just because his game's kind of tailor-made. He needs a ball in his hands. He's not a shooter, per se, Um, in terms of like three-pointer. Obviously, he can make the shot. I see that every night, but catch and shoot is not really his strong suit. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Trey has to make it. It's between Max, or, Maxie, or Derek. That's just what it is. Just on paper, there's no Donovan and Mitchell and, and Trey Young are in. Yeah, Halliburton's in. Brunson's in. Brown, Tatum are in. How, it's It's in
1: Indianapolis. It's Halliburton's show. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, H- Halliburton's it's, it's, probably
0: going to start over Brunson. Yeah, he's probably going to start yeah. over Brunson. Um, you know, USA Basketball was flipped. No, now it's my turn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You started over I me in USA, but now it's it's my show. They're yeah. both having killer years, by the way. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's Maxi Tyrese Maxi or Derek White, which sounds crazy because Tyrese Maxi is an absolute hooper and he is an all star yeah. and he's having a breakout year, and you want to see the guy who's having this breakout year be rewarded. stuff It's future
1: star versus best role player in the NBA. It's it's just com- too completely. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't I don't know if Derek makes it, but the fact that we're having this conversation, like I said, there's always success in that, and you don't know with voters and all that. This goes especially with coaches, coaching, coaching voting, and all that. Yeah, like they might. Throw Derek in there. Remember, though, the starting lineup is the fans. Yeah. Everybody else is like, well, the media and and, and and coaches and this, this, and that, and GMs and the poll, all that. But those guys are going to – you know they look at Derek White like – Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that Tyrese Maxey's looked at any – they're the third seed in the East, by the yeah. way, and he's the second-best player. So we'll see. Every
1: now and then I'll ask you a bubble question because I'm so intrigued by it, and, you know, obviously you were in it. Um Dwight Howard recently said the finals in the bubble was the hardest finals, even harder than the one when he went against Kobe. In it makes 09. zero
0: sense. And I'll tell you why it makes zero Let's sense. Hear it. For one, you lost versus the Lakers. <laughs> so it couldn't have been harder. <laughs> it couldn't have been harder because you lost. Yeah. If it was easier, then there would have been success there. I mean, by, the way, the, by the way, the series wasn't, how many games did they win? 4-1. It's 4-1.
1: The games were closer though. It was a really tight 4-1, 4-1. series.
0: 4-1. Okay. Gentleman's sweep. You can't call the gentleman sweep less. It doesn't make. You can't say that when you lost four games to fucking one. Man, that series was was uh, was easier than the bubble when we won <laughs> and dominated. It. Yeah, and your role on that team was far less significant, yeah. brother. You were like the seventh best player for the Lakers. On the Magic, you were one of the best players in the NBA. Let alone your own team, you were the. He was a superstar in Orlando, bro. Right. He was the man. Right. You were, so how could it not have been harder for you? Like, it, it doesn't even make sense. But your role in the Lakers, is like, to just come in and be vertical and get rebounds and pass. Like, you and JaVel McGee were, like, just taking turns. And, by the way, not taking anything away, him and JaVale were vital for the Lakers' success. Right. Especially versus Denver and even other teams. Their size was problematic. Versus us in the, in the bubble, they kicked our ass in, uh, when we played them. Houston, yeah. we couldn't deal with Dwight and JaVale's size and LeBron and AD. They were too fucking big. With that being said, your role there was s- much smaller. This is towards the end of your career. And you're saying that that championship was harder than when you played against Kobe Bryant in the Los Angeles Lakers when you lost four to one. Yeah, And you were the best player on the team and had a whole bunch on your shoulders and pressure on your shoulders every single night. Log- yeah.
1: Don't forget like, fans and all the pressure that you I bring. fans and, and all this. Packed arenas.
0: Packed arenas and hoopla. Like, bro, just logistically, logically, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Not to mention the bubble. Now, from the standpoint of the bubble was so hard, you know, nobody wanted to be there. I, you just get so many different
1: conflicting reports. Like, I, I'm so confused by the bubble. Well, the, only come out that, and say the, the only person that liked
0: the bubble was like Stephen Adams. Stephen Steven Adams is in there with no shoes, flip flops on, time of his life, man. You know what I mean? But, like for someone like PJ Tucker, who you know lives a certain lifestyle, man. Like there's no hookah bar around. There's, there's there's no you know you know the, start struggling a little bit. You know, James Harden in there was itching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing in here? You know, Lou Will left to go get chicken wings. Remember? Yeah. So, like, it all depends on who you are. Remember that the, 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 the Clippers openly came out on Paul George podcast, Podcast P. They literally came out and said, none of us wanted to be there. We were looking for an out. And when we found one, we took it. It's something along those lines. I don't want to, don't quote me directly. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. But essentially... They weren't trying to win the championship there. Um, which I'm sure Doc was listening like, well, goddamn. <laughs> like, I got, only, only my job was on the only line. Only my job was on the line. Y'all got me fired after this, but thanks. Uh, it's crazy for Lou to be like, you know, listen, in all interests, we being honest, ain't none of us want to be there. And when there was a chance for us taking out, we took it. I was just like, what? But no, I understand. I don't understand what he's saying, but I get it to the extent, like, bro, in the bubble, I'm going 60, 70 days without seeing my kids, my family. It does start to wear on you a little bit. I don't want it to act like we we're in jail. We were at a Disney resort. It was a luxury resort. We did get to stay there, but being in a room is a room. I don't care fuck how nice the bed is and how nice your ceiling is and your TV has more channels or whatever. A room is a room, bro. We we're in a room with a bed and a TV and a little open space. Not a lot to do. And there's a whole bunch of rules, and you had to get tested like every four or five hours, and like all these things. It does wear you down. So, from that standpoint, I understand what Dwight's saying. But, like, bro, I'm not one of these people that think the bubble year has an asterisk next to it. I don't. I think it's unique in its own way. I think the bubble championship was easier in some ways and harder in others. It's unique. There's nothing else like it. So, because of that, you can't just say, it's the easiest championship ever won because there's nothing ever been like that before. It's an experience that no player's ever been through and hopefully, God forbid, we ever have to go through again. So for those purposes, with everything that was going on in the world, you know, families, being away from families at that time was very vulnerable for for us to do. Um, So there are a lot of reasons why that's hard. If we're talking specifically to Dwight, there's just no possible way that was harder for him as an individual considering where he was at in his career. Yeah. I don't know if he was talking about him, but he's saying that's the most hard... You know, uh, yeah, that's just... I don't know. I don't know about that one, man. By the way, before we leave, shout out to the Detroit Pistons. Shout out, shout out to Motor City. Yeah. Um, going to get one. Getting well, you know what? I'm going to talk about the game before that, too. The, well, the Celtics game was one of my favorite games I've seen um, of the year. Yep. Uh, it just felt like a playoff game. There has to be a silver lining in everything. Even in the worst of situations and circumstances. Yeah. There's always some type of silver lining and there's always some light at the end of the tunnel. How big, I don't know. In this case, you're seeing a team historically being bad. And you're seeing the world react to it in a social media era where this team is getting absolutely dragged every day. Yeah, And where a team like this could get nasty, even nastier because it's already nasty. <laughs> Where it could go bad and like really fall apart, you're seeing this team still scrap every night, right? Against the best team in the NBA on the road, on the road, yeah. they could easily won that game. And there's been a lot of games like that, man. You know, you talked about the four one Magic Lakers finals and how they're each close. I can't tell you how many Pistons games. And listen, they've got blown out a lot too. But I've seen a lot of games where it's been a good game the entire game. They're just young, and they're best players in his real his first year ever playing real basketball because he was hurt all last year and he's their closer it's just it's it's gonna they're gonna struggle and it's not just him like he's the best kate's been fucking playing his ass i mean he's like he's got this team on his damn shoulders right now just to try to scrap and win a game right they don't really have anything else to close games in fact the only other closers they have are guys who are older a bogdanovich a burke so i don't know if they're gonna play through because they're rebuilding so like they're struggling but they're scrapping and they're playing hard and that's the silver lining is that the only way that happens is if the coach is getting through the guys, right? Yeah. You're seeing it now with Magic on the other side. Orlando's got talent. They've drafted well. They went through this whole process. Yeah. They were never this bad, obviously.
1: But It happened quick for them. They, when, once they traded the Vooches and the Fourniers, yep. they, they got they their own pick pretty quick. And they, they drafted well. And yeah. If you
0: draft well, the turnaround's quick. Because yeah. now you got young talent that are good.
1: Yeah, getting Suggs, Franz, and Paolo just like in a row. Yeah, you got Anthony one, Black two, starting. Three,
0: You got one pick, the third pick, the, the, the guy like Franz. Like, you got top picks, and they're producing. Yeah. And now the turnaround's been quick. But the biggest thing with them is they play hard. A, a team only plays unanimously hard when the coach is getting through yeah. That's coaching. So that's that's Mosley. And if there's one thing you could say about Monty, listen, there's a lot of negative things you could say. There's a lot of positive things. Here, he say, she say. One thing we do know about Monty is he gets guys to buy in and play hard. And that's what they paid him a lot of money to come yeah. in and revamp this this organization. By the way, them losing all these games is only going to lead to them getting top picks. So, you know, they're going to add more talent to this team in the coming years. They weren't going to the playoffs anyway. Kind of surround K with some shooting. I want to see Caterley doing know. this right now. I'm the not the biggest. This draft class is a little... It's, a little it's, weaker. it's the one after that, yeah. that. Everyone's kind of... And not just Cooper. There's a lot of guys. There's like four or five talented players in that next draft class. Yeah. So, but again... It, I don't, they won't be that great next year either. So this is going to be a two, three-year thing where they're going to get top Well picks. I thought the
1: 2013 draft was going to be really bad. I think that was one with Anthony Bennett and Victor Oladipo went second. We thought that was going to be bad, but it ended up getting, you know, Giannis was in it in the 15th yeah, pick. Yeah, that's, so. that's
0: always true, right? You never know what could happen. You don't know who's yeah. out there right now that we're not talking about, right. we're not shining a line out that the yeah. media hasn't pointed out, who's going to come in and, like, play great in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell was an average college basketball player. He was good. He wasn't great. This guy comes to the NBA and becomes a star. Yeah. No one saw that coming. No one. In fact, so many teams passed about Donovan Mitchell. The Nuggets drafted him. Yeah. Like no, no one thought he was going to be that. So you don't know. Great yeah. point. So that's very true. The silver lining is that they're playing hard. They have Cade, who is, we could say, is, this guy's talented as hell. Yeah. You got a coach who's getting guys to buy in. You go from there. You got Cade, coach, culture, bought in. And I like the Dur- Durham. Dur- Jalen Durham? Durham. I like him he's athletic as shit he plays hard he's a good lob threat he's still very young he's like a more athletic stronger more talented version of like a dwight powell when i say dwight powell people are like dwight powell dwight Powell is an excellent pick and roller and lobber and has a great feel for the game he's just not a freak athlete and he's yeah. athletic don't get me wrong he just never was the talent that someone like this guy this guy can be that but like on a whole different level he could be like a fucking antonio mcdice you know what i mean like type player getting in my bag there. Wow, <laughs> good, good look comparison. Shout no. out to Alabama. Um, he has that talent. So you got yeah. two talented players, one really, really talented. Actually, they both are. And like I said, bought in, culture's changing, top picks are coming in the coming years. Like, it's going to be a project there. I think if you ask Money right now, he's like, well, were we supposed to make the playoffs for the year? Yeah. The answer is no. No, no, winning the most games ever in a row is not fun. But this can all be a silver lining in the growth of these young men.
1: And it's just gonna be not much more when they finally do break through, get into that it play, and whether yeah. it's next year, two exactly. years from now. you know, it's gonna be huge. And everyone will remember this. It's like, the like
0: when the Sixers trust were. Trust the process, yeah. bro. They were one of the worst teams in basketball. Matter of yeah. fact, they were on the record for losing. Yeah. And that turned into what we have today is an Eastern powerhouse.
1: Yeah.
0: Can Monty Williams do the same thing in, 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 in uh, Detroit? And the front office build the same thing in Detroit? Is that arm telling?
1: Yeah.
0: Can they build this in, in you know, possibly? You know what I mean? They're not off to a bad start. Everyone's like looking at the games they're losing and like, it doesn't matter. They're not going anywhere anyway. In fact, the more games they lose, the higher the pick chances are of them getting a higher pick. Yeah. So, you know, what's impressive to me, to us, both of us, is that this team is going into Boston after losing twenty-something in a row and is playing their ass off, trying to win.
1: Yeah.
0: They got good vets. You got Alex Burks in there. You got Monte Morris in there. So you got guys who are helping these guys culturally. And they've never even been used to this losing, but at least they're able to help these young guys through it. They'll get more picks. You got a coach who's going to continue to build that culture. Arn is going to continue to piece this together. I, I'm not worried about Detroit. People like to laugh and make fun of them. It's easy, right? We were we even did it. they lost yeah. 26, 25, 27, 28, other oh, teams, whatever it's been. You know, I don't even, what was the record? 27? Yeah. Yeah. And they won. It's over. So it's just like just just keep going. Yeah, the worst part's over.
1: There's only one way to go from here, and it's up. So. It's up. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. they
0: have things to look up to. There's always a silver lining, they have their own. So, you and know, if Detroit... the Pistons
1: win another title down the road, they could have t shirts that say, I was there for the 27th straight no, loss. for real, though. And, no, yeah, I was right Real, this. real, 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 yeah. real fans.
0: So. Bro, what if they get a top pick next year? And then the next following year, they get another top pick. So now you got Cade with this guy, and yeah. this guy, and then Duran guy, and whoever else they add who might fucking add to it. Because money talks. They can go to free agency with their money, and people be like, I ain't going to Detroit. I t- ain't- t- to, Draymond
1: to, Green's a Michigan guy maybe he can go over there and change, like, it out, you, change yeah, the culture you,
0: for, you don't know well yeah. uh, culture is pretty tough with him right now no I'm saying like he's not a guy it could be a good way for him,
1: him to change his reputation too it could be guys. a thing that you could sell as that if for he's sure. the one that changes the Detroit you know Stitcher franchise and he comes in there and he goes back home and does that it could be a way be great for him
0: for, and his legacy no for sure so there's a lot of things that can be done there if you're a Detroit fan, you knew you weren't coming in the season to win anyway. But people coming to the game with bags of their he- heads saying sell the team are fucking idiots. Just keep that same energy when the team's good again. Yeah. They won't. They'll come with their normal face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I hate people like that. Don't turn when it gets rough. Sell the team. Where? Why? Yeah. You just, you're at the lowest point now. You can only go up. Why would you sell now? Yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. For the, for the fans out there wearing bags over their heads saying sell the team, fuck off. You know what I mean? I'm not even a Pistons fan, and I'm saying this. It's ridiculous, bro. you got these young guys out here playing their asses off. They're losing every game. You think, they're, you think you're mad? I promise you, you're not more mad than the guys on the fucking court trying every night losing. Right. Those guys, and you're, the bags over your head doesn't, doesn't help either. So, you know, we'll see where the Pistons go. They have, they have only but you know, up to go, but they have something. Uh, and it's going to take time, but I think you know this team could be talented in, in the future.
1: I think that's a great way to close this this episode with a that was very well, passionate positivity. right there. Yeah,
0: look at me, Motor City. <laughs> yeah,
1: look at 2024. You is looking pretty good. It's very positive. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe that's your resolution that you didn't have before.
0: My resolution is <laughs> honestly, man, just a... <laughs> just to piece my life back together. I'm no, just kidding. Key. No, no, no. My, 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 my resolution is, is uh, I, I already told you, I'm not into these, but if I guess if I had to have one to close this, it would to just continue to be a better me.
1: Be the uh, best version of Austin uh, that you can be.
0: Can we cue the uh, <laughs> sentimental violin music in the background? But no, for real though, yeah. Just continue to just fine tune. I think we're always fine tuning ourselves and you know, 2024 will be no different for me. So um, yeah, Pistons, Motor City, look out. <laughs> here, here, here they come but uh, yeah it seems like a fitting little place to s- step off we'll see man as these weeks uh, come on uh, Dallas had a weird loss last night 37 points in the magic you know, to the Jazz Clarkson triple-double first triple-double in Jazz history, and since in the, on the Jazz since 2008
1: was that Darren Williams in the last one? Uh, I'm sure I'm not really sure Could yeah. um, I just saw it was the first triple-double since 2008 2008 I'm,
0: I'm thinking Darren Williams yeah, Carolico might have. It's a weird shit. You know yeah. what I mean? He was always an or, uh, unorthodox guy. But uh, yeah, we'll see, man. I, the the NBA has been up and down this year. Jaws back. Zion's playing. He's healthy. It seems like some of these storylines are starting to fade oh, away.
1: Carlos Boozer had the last one. Boozer. Boozy. Yeah. Boozer. so long ago that his kids are about to be top picks here soon.
0: Yes, his son's going to be a probably second, third pick in the draft. Yeah. His oldest one. I don't know if the other one makes it. He might be a four-year college guy. We'll see. But he's going to go top college, top D1 prospect. One more ne-
1: thing. I saw Bronny playing really well the other day.
0: You know what, man? I will say this. I saw him, first off, he jumped up and pinned somebody's shit versus the glass. He's a freak athlete. Yeah. I mean, and that's in college versus other supreme yeah. genes. Teams. are real.
1: Like, you, this oh, guy, no, no. It's definitely guy's... real.
0: Unfortunately, he doesn't have the height gene. He's yeah. very small. If he was six seven, six eight, doing this, Bronny would be a top, top pick in the draft yeah. he would literally be like i'm not saying he'd be his dad i don't think yeah. anybody ever is going to be lebron i honestly don't think anybody will ever put a career like lebron's yeah and yeah. if we that do- he's
1: still working on it right now he's still yeah I, I just don't, I don't see it. it
0: happening yeah um I, you know my pop said something similar to what i've said me and you have said if you're asking who the greatest player of all time is and you're talking about a season you're talking about dominance i'm going with michael if you're talking about who has the best career of all time, who's the most goaded NBA basketball career of all time, there's it's not even there's there's no debate. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player to ever play in the NBA in terms of career. Nobody has ever put a career together like his. It's never happened. So much so that it's so ridiculous in year 21, you probably will never see it again. And if you do, it'll be hundred years from now. I mean you won't be here. That's <laughs> no, seriously, he won't be here. Yeah. That's how great of a player he is. So, you know, uh, take that for what it's worth, but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. Oh, you're talking about Bronny, the step back too from the corner. The well, little, I, had, uh-uh. I saw like no, I he, saw the highlights. Yeah, and yeah. He
1: jumping, he jumps and then like figures out what he's gonna do. It's crazy. He had
0: a he he had some um he really had some like loud moves that screamed like whoa. Yeah, I think he gets an NBA job, barring no setbacks injury. Yeah, for a couple reasons, I'll tell you why. We get in we get in after this. I think Bronny makes the NBA, one, because of jeans, like you said. And I'm not saying because his dad's LeBron, but I am saying that. Not from the sense that people will think. I'm not thinking he's going to make it off of politics. I think he's going to make it due off of him having so much talent in him. Even at 6'4", 6'3", whatever he is, he's extremely talented. He's extremely athletic. He's not in his best... Of his basketball career. He's not even like he's probably like four or five years away. Yeah. He's proven that he can play with elite players. He's on the best high school team, won championships, was never the most talented player on the team, but was always a vital piece. So you know he knows how to play winning basketball. He plays hard on both ends of the floor and has a high IQ like his dad. That is not a bad young prospect to go out there and get late right. first round, second round. Yeah, you're seeing guys like Derek White hitting shots and playing defense. That's that's my point. The perfect example. Right. So when I see Bronny James, the first thing everyone unfairly does is throw his father in the mix. Shouldn't be a comparison. They're two different players, they're two different sizes. Genetic wise, Bronny's talented, LeBron is from a different planet. Right. So take him out the way. Bronny doesn't have to be a, a, an all star or a star. Matter of fact, there's only 20 of them in the league. Yeah. The other 390 plus players are not all stars. Patrick Beverly said a, a, a quote when I played with him and he said it many times in his pod, I still, I, I, it's crazy. I, but this is something I took from Patrick Beverly. No joke. Know your role. It just might change your life. Yeah. Don't be someone you're not. Don't take your ego out of it and be the best you can be in something that can change your life. Bronny James, I have no doubt he can play in the NBA. I, I have no doubt he can play in the NBA. From an athletic standpoint and how he defends, when you look at guys who are having success like Derek White and these guys, smaller guards, Derek White's at six seven; He's my height but he can guard and he's fucking tough and yeah. he's smart and he can shoot. Bronny we know can shoot, he's athletic, and can defend. And he has a high IQ and knows how to play on winning teams. Right. We always talk about it.
1: Not everyone gets to be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown get the ball and get to shoot 20 you know, shots a game. Everyone I'm else's not drafting, job
0: is to be, make those guys better. I'm not drafting Bronny James to be Ja Morant. Yeah. That's not him. I'm not drafting him to be Jason Tatum. That's not him.
1: Yeah.
0: He, he is not Cooper Flack. Yeah. That's not what you draft Bronny James. A team like Boston drafts Bronny James. A team like Miami drafts Bronny James. A team like uh, Milwaukee or Denver drafts Bronny James. I have no doubt that he's an NBA player. And I know there's other college players putting up better numbers than him. I've still seen this guy at the most talented level of high school. And now we're at college at USC where I'm seeing flashes of stuff that you can put stuff together and know this guy can play basketball. We know that. Barring no health setbacks, I think he gets in— based off of those things and his genes being LeBron James' son. Not because he's LeBron James' son. I'm saying because LeBron James is his dad, he has talent in him that is worth taking a risk, along with the other attributes that are positive that we just said about him. Not because he's LeBron James' son and he's getting in just because his dad is LeBron. He's, that's bullshit. Because if that's the case, Michael Jordan's son would have been in the NBA. Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Wilt and Bill Russell, all these motherfuckers had kids, bro. Every GM and coach and president and owner in basketball have kids that bounce a basketball and want to play in the NBA. If it was a political league, people like the owners' kids would be in the league playing, and the GM and the president and and uh, the best players of all times' kids would be in the league. There's a reason why, like all the former Suns players are like random players. It's like a Dell Curry or a Doc Rivers, uh, Thompson, uh, Larry Nance, got Dale Davis's kid, Dale yeah. Davis. You know, what I mean, like whoever else is in that mix. Yeah. It's rare you see a superstar and then a superstar son's going to come, which is why I think a lot of people are excited about Bronny because that yeah. usually does not happen. That light is usually too bright for someone. That's another, again, you know he can play under pressure. He's done it his entire life. Every day this guy steps on the court, there's fucking hundred cameras in his face and Bronny handles it like a champ.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely think he's a pro and has pro ability and I would take a chance on him if he continues to show these flashes and plays well. They go to the tournament maybe and he's able to have some some games and do— I definitely think Bronny's a guy that, like, could play in the NBA. No doubt. I don't know if it's this year or next year. If This year's draft class is a little weaker, so you might have to consider that. But if he finishes out the season playing healthy and goes through the tournament and, like, hoops and does stuff, then yeah, bro. I, I think Bronny's a pro. I really do. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully the best is for him, and we'll see what 2024 has to offer, man. We will see you guys later in the week. Stay safe till then. See you soon.